Welcome to It All Boils Down to This, the podcast where father and son take the kitchen table arguments and heated discussions from their home directly to yours. Jim and Jack Boyle will explore the world as only they can. We might even let a few guests join the fun. So sit back, choose a side, watch the water temperature rise, and enjoy stimulating generational conversation about sports and life. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of It All Boils Down to This, and today in studio with Jack and myself, we are honored to have Justin Trevisani, uh, the um, son of our my other co-host, and we've seen enough, uh, um, Tommy Trevisani. Justin, welcome to the podcast, and uh, just give us a little background on who Justin Trevisani is and what we're gonna what we're gonna what we should know about him. First of all, Jim, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. Um, thank you, Jack, as well. Um, have a tough act to follow. Um, the first four episodes of this have been excellent. Um, Last week with Kevin, fantastic show. So I was really excited to come on here today. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, us three, um, me and the Boyle family, we go way back. Um, very grateful to have these guys in my life. They've done a lot for me. Grew up playing basketball and baseball together. Jimbo, one of the best coaches I've had. Um, so, yeah, just looking forward to chopping up with these guys a bit today. Go us. Yeah, there you go. Hey, until we get into the, the meat and potatoes, um, Justin, we've known you, what, since like third grade, Indiana, Iowa basketball. I got tape of that, too. We talked about it with Kevin, right? Um, what, were, what, what, what's your, what were your memories of those battles between the two worst teams in the, uh, uh, in the league? Uh, a lot of bad basketball. That's what I remember. Um, the last game of the year, Iowa, we, that was the first game we won all year. I think we finished 1-9, and nine, um, beat Indiana in a tight one. Um, that was a memorable game. Yeah, so I don't, I don't remember that game at all. Which is the only well, game, the only—I mean, that was third grade. The only, the only game I remember from that year is the one against Wisconsin, which I yeah, just, which we I won't talk about yet. anymore because <laughs> I get, I get busted on for that a lot. No, Justin, on that was game, that the gym game? No, that was no, no, no. That was the just um, we lost. We we could have beat like it was Billy and Chris and like a couple guys, and we could have beat them. And he like wouldn't, he wouldn't put like the good players back in the game at the end. Uh, and Jay Swami put the good. Put Greco and Billy they back in it. Yeah. That team was loaded. Yeah, they, they, they had like yeah. Alec and uh, Josh Barnicki, I think. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> to, to put it in perspective, the rules were everybody was supposed to play equally. It was rec basketball, and uh, that's how I play it. I played it as it lays, as they would say in the uh, in the, in the big leagues. So, Justin, we've uh, you, we also got to play travel basketball with you guys for uh, three years with your dad Tommy and my co-host, and we've seen enough uh, recollections of those three years and how actually that team really got better and better as the year went on. Yeah, um, travel basketball, those were the, some, some of the best memories of my life. Um, eighth grade, I would say, was definitely our best year. Um, so, yeah, like you said, we got better and better um, since Jack came in in sixth grade to the time when we ended in eighth grade. Um, lost to Barica in the championship in eighth grade, but a lot of good memories. Playing 50 or so games a year, doubleheaders on Saturday, starting Saturday mornings, um, maybe with some other sports mixed in too, so it was a lot of hectic times, but it was fun. Yeah, those 50, I'll get you a jacket, those 50 games, we played like 50, 52 games, and I think I have the stats for every game for the three years, and we have videotape of almost a lot of the games in eighth grade where we actually played well. Uh, just a couple of words of uh, uh, your coaches, not me, uh, Tommy and uh, and good old Freddie, Freddie Baroni. What, 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 what do you think? First, what was it like being coached by your dad? Uh, I mean... As you guys know, a um, lot of trailer, trailer, and corner, corner. A um, lot of, lot of, you know, uh, emphasizing the shooting on the team, um, getting it to the open guy on the wing. Um, but a lot of my basketball knowledge, a lot of my basketball skill comes from him. So 
I was lucky enough to be coached by him. And then Fred, one of the best basketball minds I knew growing up, um, coached me from fifth to eighth grade, taught me a lot. Um, and then with you on the bench too, um, three great coaches, and it definitely helped us improve as we went on. I, I used to like the outfits of the coaches too. I forgot about that last week. Uh, Coach Fred, he'd always be in his his full like Jordan track suits, and then you you and Tommy T would be in the polos and all that. Yeah. So uh, another thing we because last week with Kevin we talked about our three travel years and how the team like did the team get better improve or did the league get worse? And well, the team did get better a little bit over the three years. The league really did get worse. But for Jay Treff, he was on the team in fifth grade. And the, he can actually say the team got a lot better from fifth grade to eighth grade because the team did change a ton from fifth grade to sixth grade. I think half the team changed, basically. Yeah, and uh, in fifth grade, the other big thing was we played the entire Merrimack Valley. So we were playing all the A teams mm-hmm. that um, that our Wilmington like, A teams like Lowell, They year. were playing like Lowell A. Who, Lowell A, Bilrica A, yeah. Salem. Wilmington A. Yes, yeah, Wil- Salem, Wilmington I remember. A. Yeah. Um, so that year we went 3-27 and 27 and... We won one of the last games of the year, and that was our only Merrimack Valley win. It was against Drake. It very memorable game in the old high school gym. Um, Did you get the other two wins? Was it like a played like a rec league? Team? That were like tournament games. <laughs> um, I I honestly forget who those two wins were against. They were early on in the year. It was a long time ago, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good memories. That's good. So uh, again, the other thing that we talked with Kevin about this is I was lucky to be able to have the four year with Greco. Chris is not here yet, but he'll eventually get in. Uh, Chris, Jack, Kevin, and and um, and Justin to take trips. We took the trip down to Philadelphia like every year for like five years to see Temple and play. And either we saw the Plester games for basketball. We saw the games that link for football. Uh, and we actually did take that fun trip out to Notre Dame. Any any memories you want to bring up before we start making fun of you on the travel on the on the trips with Justin stories that we have? Uh, you want me to like bring up a memory of myself? Like, Not on yourself. What do you remember? What's something you remember? About? What, 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 what do you recall? What was it like? What did you What did you enjoy about that that stuff? What, what do we do? What you know? What, bought a cheesesteak. We forget that we made fun of Kevin for that. But what, what do you have? Um, I mean, honestly, some of the most memorable times are in the car rides. Um, you know, those four or five hour car rides out to Pennsylvania, um, out to Jersey. Um, a lot of funny. That was with, during the travel basketball days, um, early high school days. You know, a lot of talk about sports. Um, my dad came along for a trip. Um, so, you know, the everything from the car rides with Chris and Kevin, a lot of funny quotes, a lot of funny memories. Um, and then once we got to the, you know, once we got to Pennsylvania, being able to spend some time with Jim's family, um, Jim's parents, Jim's nephew, Rob, um, Randy. Farmer's um, Market. Yep, Farmer's Market. Ping that, Pong, because J.J. went to the old house, so we played Farmer's Ping Market. Pong like the whole time. Oh, Ping Pong was so I for, fun. I forgot about that. J.J. got to go to the, uh, the old Boyle homestead, which, uh. They Maybe sold on me about seven, eight years ago, yep. but that's fine. Yeah, those were great trips. Um, Jack. Um, well, uh, so originally we did this last week with Kevin, just kind of funny Kevin memories from the trips. I was just maybe while well, J-Trev was just talking, I just thought of maybe like five oh. really good J-Trev stuff. So me and you can go back and forth because I know you have one. I'm going to start with one that we didn't discuss prior, but we went to a Temple game. And for some reason, him, Kevin, and Chris sat on, like, the other end of the stadium. And we sat because you had season tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah, we yeah, sat yeah. in your season tickets. 
And I heard the story. J. Trev might have to confirm. J. Trev got in a fight with like this like. J. Trev wasn't that old. J. Trev was probably 16, 17 years old. He got in a fight with like a 10 year old Steelers fan who just completely owned him because he was just talking trash about the Steelers. And the kid came back at him like, well, we have five Super Bowls and you have four. I know it would be a lot different if he got in that fight today. But I remember that was a funny story. J. Trev getting in a fight with a young Steelers fan. Yeah. J. Trev, didn't you have the story at Notre Dame? You had the real, the real dude hammered in front of you. Is that, is that he was next to us? Yeah. Was I, it was more than just hammered. The guy that was on drugs at oh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Remember him? He was like Second waving Notre around. Yeah. Oh, what about the guy behind us who, remember, he was yelling block? Block O-line, yeah. He had, who was on that line? Like McGlinchey and Nelson. And they two? ran for like 450. They had like two guys run for 200 yards yeah. that game. Like, block what? Like, they were two top 10 picks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a memory, him getting the fight there. And then, I, you you have one, right? I have about six. But well, uh, the one, um, oh, my favorite there's one. two in Chicago that happened. Like within, within yeah, half, half hour, hour of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Justin, I won't embarrass you on the on the building one because that's kind no. of embarrassing, and I'll let you slide on that. <clears throat> if anybody wants to know that, we'll talk about that next time we have on. But we have taken these kids. They're, they're about to be seniors in high school. Uh, my wife Kelly and I, we, we fly out to Chicago. We get on the tram from Midway into the city. We, had, we were staying at the Hyatt on, uh, on the river, right on the river. Beautiful, like, 25-story build, uh, high buildings. And uh, they also have what we call like the little snack bar in the in the room. So not only was there alcohol, which they couldn't touch with all these snacks, you know, Snickers bars, Milky Way, M&Ms, everything. First thing I told the kids was when you go into the room, you do not take anything out of the bar. You don't take anything to eat or anything. So I let them go. Jack goes in the room. Kelly and I go in our room, clean everything up. So I go, Kelly, I'm going to check on the boys. And I go in there and Justin, I don't know what it was, whether it's M&Ms or a Snickers bar or something. He's about to rip the damn thing open. I said, Justin, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I thought these were for free. So, so I said, Justin, we'd have to pay like five bucks for a bag of M&M's. I said, I'll take you downstairs. But, you know, it was just about uh, the kids were at that trip was a great trip and everyone had fun. And, you know, we goes we went to Wrigley and saw the, saw the Cubs. We drove out to Notre Dame and saw the Notre Dame game. Uh, they had deep dish pizza for breakfast the last morning we were there. And again, it, my memories of those trips are uh, there's a million different memories of taking Justin uh, and Jack and Chris and Kevin on those trips. And, and, and you just, I mean, I can't even count them on two hands. So uh, that's what I would think. Um. That's one more to go. To get off Jay Trevin, we can go back at Kevin. Kevin at Wrigley had a very, because we talked about him ordering a hot dog at um, Richie, at, um, at P- Pat's, Pat's Steak and yeah. Cheese in Philly. He had a very hard time at Wrigley Field. He tried to order like a plain hot dog. <laughs> they, just, they had no idea. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that one. The, the, Justin, the, 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 the food stories are, are just phenomenal. Um, anything you remember? What's your b- biggest memory of that trip to Notre Dame? Other than the drunk guy, the, the hammered guy in front of you and the, no offensive line. Uh, I would say the day going to Notre Dame's campus. Um, before the game, we got to walk around a little bit. Um, you know, went in the dining hall. At that point, that was the best dining hall I'd ever seen. Um, Have you, you been know, to UMass now? Huh? You've been to UMass well, now? Then, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Notre Dame was, yeah, it was in phenomenal. my mind, it was really good. Um, but, you know, walking around, seeing all the different buildings, um, I had never seen a campus like that before. And to this day, I still haven't. Um, but, you know, there's that funny picture with me in front of the building going like this. Yeah. Um, what's what's that? Touchdown Jesus, Touchdown baby. Jesus, yep. And uh, I still talk about that to this day. Um, and then how you can see that from inside the stadium. Correct. Um, so just that day, you know, seeing the game, um, seeing the Temple Owls play Notre Dame, that was a really cool day overall. Two times Temple, I've been to Temple at Notre Dame. Both times they played the wrong quarterback, so well, just, both just kind they, of just kind of sucky. But yeah, both whatever. times was a new coach, first yeah. first year coach who picked the wrong QB. Um, I thought we had a better shot the second time than the first time. 
but yeah, except I think the know. second time was even worse for Temple. Oh, and oh, yeah. I, the the first time that that first time that Notre Dame team that they played, I think ended up like was one of the worst Notre Dame teams yeah. in the past like twenty years. They had a shot at that, but it was fun. I mean, those trips, even going down to Philly and you know over Thanksgiving and seeing them play at the link, and then I think we doubleheaded them one. Uh, we doubleheaded. Twice, no, we once. We uh, took you down for the palestra. You, yep. With you went to the palestra once. Uh, I've been to the palestra twice. 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 Because one wasn't. Your dad was supposed to go the second time. He couldn't That's go. Right. So my dad went with us. That's that right. was the streamers against LaSalle. And the first time was was with your dad. They they played Penn. We That's sat right. behind the the other basket. Okay. And the Owls played absolutely correct. Did they get beat cool. that game, or did they they had like a twenty point lead and blew it, or did they get did they, they end up getting lose. beat? They, they didn't get beat. They I won. remember that it was Josh Brown's debut. He was right. uh, DMing me and Jay Trev on Twitter. That's yeah. a cool place to see a game. So we did that. So uh, we we saw the Palestra um the second game the LaSalle one. Uh, Bobby Knight was calling the game. Correct. Wow. I think they took That's him off right. the air. Yeah, they he had they had had enough. <laughs> or, or we've seen enough of him. If yeah, that was a streamers game when we couldn't figure out why they were violating on the free throws. Remember that? Yeah, they yeah. got the technical free throws and they would stand up in front of the line. That was Dumphy and um, I don't know who was coaching LaSalle at the time, but just a traditional Big Five work. Uh, Justin, really, the reason you're here, though, um, we're going to bring you in. Uh, your football knowledge, NFL knowledge, is is beyond compare. Um, we'll talk about later in the show what your jobs were. You, you, you were in Indianapolis working for the Colts. Now you were down at Harvard working for Harvard. Uh, but you really have a good, vast knowledge of um, professional NFL because you've lived it. So we just want to just let's talk about yesterday. The Patriots lost to the Eagles, uh, tough loss for them. Uh, and just in general, the opening day of NFL. And then Jack and I will put on some predictions of what we think is going to happen uh, in a weird week. So what do you, what do you got? What do you, give us the Patriots? Uh, uh, your 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 thoughts about yesterday's Patriot Eagle game? Yeah. So um, obviously the Patriots fell down pretty quickly, sixteen to nothing. Um, and they were doing some pretty uncharacteristic things that the Patriots usually don't do. Um, you know, they were pretty much hand in the Eagles. Um, you know, turnovers, bad penalties. Um, but after that first quarter, you know, things really started to settle down. Um, Bill O'Brien started to get in a little groove play calling. Um, and Mac was picking his spots in the middle of the field that he likes to take advantage of. Um, and then from that point on, it was a football game. Um, you know, it's pretty... You know, you look at the rosters between the Eagles and the Patriots, and it's pretty easy to say that the Eagles have a more talented roster. But if you look at the way those final three quarters were played yesterday, um, you really couldn't, you know, tell much of a difference um, other than the Eagles coming out on top on the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. Right. Jack? Well, the Eagles, the, the one thing, like, I do think the Eagles will probably take a step back this year. A little bit from last year. I mean, last year they were incredible. They lost one game. What it hurt to go fourteen and one. They lost two games in, in total, and then lost in the Super Bowl. They did lose both their coordinators, right? So that's a problem. Their head coach seems to be one of the biggest idiots I've ever seen. I mean, him going front on fourth down there when just pump the ball and make Mac Jones go ninety yards. I mean, he, they end up getting away with it. But yeah, I do think they're going to take a step back. But I'm not a huge Patriots fan. I don't know if you are, but I feel like if you're a Patriots fan, you almost come away from that game kind of feeling pretty good about the Patriots, right? Absolutely. Even in a loss. Well, can I yeah. jump in? He, there? Obviously, there's no more uh, victories I'm, in the NFL, but no. they. I think they can play with the big boys, the Pats. They Absolutely. can. Their defense is good enough. Tough Mac Jones team. can make I enough don't throws. Know. I don't know. I don't think any loss is a good loss. Or I'm, just, I, I, I just, I, I understand what you're saying, Jack. But you lose, you lose. It's game. They, 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 they had the opportunity to win the football game. I think they could have won the football game. Uh, they didn't. How they how they mature in the next two or three weeks is going to be important. But I agree that it's, it, it was a 
if there's anything as a good loss, it was a good loss because showed Mac can play with the boys, but didn't show Mac could go. He couldn't even drive 40, 55 yards. It, they also they, they shot themselves in the foot early, early in the game. I yeah. mean, that's not yeah. going to happen every game. I know that it, it, it's football that you can't take the first quarter away, but well, they did really put themselves in a bad spot. And also, there were three very clear instances where they failed to capitalize on some pretty favorable um, situations. So there was that situation where they didn't kick the field goal. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that for a while. Um, you, they could easily put those three points on the board at the start of the fourth quarter. That, what, were there nine minutes left? Yes, yeah, so like much that. time yeah. left. There was way too much time to go for it. I felt yeah, like. yeah, exactly. So you get those points on the board. You trust your defense. You get down to five. Even if the Eagles kick a field goal, you're still down eight. That's a one-possession game. Later on, um, Jalen Hurts scrambles, um, t- doesn't slide. He fumbles. Pats get a short field. They can't do anything with it. Right. I forgot about that one. And then later on, the Sirianni decision that you talked about, the Pats have a shorter field now um, just before midfield. And um, got a first down. Re- really looked like they had a chance to go down and, you know, capitalize, score a touchdown. But, you know, there was that that first down play call. Me and Jim talked about that one. Um yeah, where they threw the ball deep into the end zone. Right? Yeah, it was, was, a, it was a non-Mac Jones play. But you know what? Yeah. The more I think about it, Bill O'Brien, it was a quick strike kind of thing. He probably thought he might have had the matchup he was going to get, but I agree with him on that. That was that was a that was a tough one because it put him behind the behind stick. the stick, second and ten. Um, they know you're passing now, so they tee off their edge rushers, which we know are good, tee off, get to Mac, sets up a third and long. You know, trying to get some yardage back to. It's four down territory at this point, so you try to set your own for some favorable. Right, right. So you kind of call a predictable short screen. Um, that gets stifled for a few yards. And then, you know, it's a fourth along at the end of the game. And against a defense like the Eagles, that's tough to convert. So here, here's my hypothetical, hypothetical question from that game. Okay, go. Say the Patriots do kick that field goal. They're down two. Game plays out like it does. Sirianni, they were on, like, what, the 40-yard line when he went for that? I think it was now, the 45. Now— Look, uh, there's no way he would have not punted the ball if it was a two-point lead. But do you think there was a chance he still would have went for it if they only had a two-point lead in that game? I have to say, I think there is. I've been think, I mean, I've been then the Patriots would only need, yeah. what, 20 yards? I've been thinking a lot about that because if that's, you know, we always bitch about people when they're playing Bill, uh, Bill Belichick. If that's, his, if that's the way he's going to play, he's going to either win or lose by how we I think you should have kicked no matter what. I don't care whether you got— you think you got the biggest canonies in the world. You got to kick there and make Mac Jones beat you. But his philosophy is probably, I make it here, it's done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. And I have a great play that I can get five yards on. I, like I said, Jack, you're absolutely right. If they were only up by two points, he definitely punched the ball there. Although he might not have. I think, you know, what, I think what, he's what, that crazy. Yeah, that he stupid. might have gone for it. Right. So Justin, what do you think? I think. I think he still would have went for it. Even um, though the Pats would have just needed 25 yards to win the game, to have a chance to win the game? No, what I know about Sirianni and his personality, um, he doesn't really back down from those things. Um, you know, right or wrong, um, yeah. you can talk about it all you want, but really in his mind he thinks his team's going to convert that every time. Yes. And, you know, it's a it's a good quality to have that you have that trust in your team, but, you know, and it paid off for them last year. But in the long run you don't want to get too aggressive to a point where you're making – where you're not thinking with your head and you're thinking more on emotion. And he is a very emotional coach. And um, I think that's pretty much what led to that decision yesterday. I think the other issue yesterday for the Eagles was the conservative play calling with Jalen Hurts. I mean, let it open up. You brought brought in all these these athletic receivers, and you didn't give them – 
you know, didn't, didn't get them in space a lot. And he, they got real conservative. And now maybe they don't want to get hurt. Then they run the football with Hurts first down. All they had to do is get one or two first downs. The game's over. And he goes and becomes a running back without holding the ball right. He fumbles the ball. So, you know, he went for it after that play because mm-hmm. his defense, he had enough confidence in his defense that would stop it. But again, coaching is, we talked about this one, one, one podcast with you, Jack, is does coaching have a lot of impact? And in that instance, I think, yes, it did. Um, and in, in the instance with the uh, Eagles, they should have probably lost that football game. Yep. And uh, I think what Jack said earlier about losing both coordinators, uh, we'll see how the season plays out for them, but I do think that's a big deal. Um, Brian Johnson's their new play caller, first-time NFL play caller. And, uh, you know, he was definitely trying to feel out, you know, get his footing in the league. Um, Shane Steichen proved to be a really good play caller for them last year. So, you know, yeah. we'll see how that kind of develops. Yeah, that'll take some time. So those two, they, they went, Arizona won, didn't they? Did they end up winning? The Cardinals? Yeah. No, they lost. Two? The Commanders. Yeah, it was the Commanders. It was the Toilet Bowl. I thought they ended up winning. That was, a, that was a terrible was game. A so game. both their coordinators ended up losing. So let's go move on from the Pats game. The uh, the Colts. So J. Trev here, he used to work for the Colts for a couple of years. So he's a big Colts fan. Um there was a crazy play in that game, a crazy double fumble, I guess it was, that put the Colts up 21-17, to and was it the fourth quarter? They showed the Colts had a 21-17 the fourth quarter. I come I come look back at the game 10 minutes later. It's 31-21, Colts lost. What yeah. happened there? Well, that, I think that play happened in the third quarter, okay. but that, this, that was the score. Um, at the end of the quarter? Yeah. Um, so what happened there was there's obviously a strip sack. Um, the Eagles recover the ball. Um, his name was the the back who recovered it, the the Jaguars, excuse me, Tank Bigsby. Um, you know, he thought he had a clear recovery. He was kind of standing there with the ball, waiting for a whistle to blow from the ref, and it never came. And uh, the Colts started linebacker, Zaire Franklin, uh, Philly kid, um, had a great field awareness, stripped the ball, and the play was live. And uh, DeForest Buckner, Colts star, defensive tackle, had even better awareness, picked up, scooped, and score, and... Like you said, it was one of the craziest touchdowns ever. And you I know, don't with know that how momentum shift, dead. like with that I momentum shift, I can't believe. I really thought the Colts were going to. I thought they just needed another score, a couple more first downs, because it looked like that had they had all the momentum to go on and win that game. The, but, ja- uh, the Jaguars of last year would have lost that game. Yep. Or two years ago. Well, I, I didn't see what happened. Did, did they score two touchdowns? What, did Lawrence drive down the field twice in a row? Or did the Colts turn the ball over or something? What? They, they drive down one time, and then Anthony Richardson – uh, made his first NFL turnover through kind of a through a pass and a double coverage. Um, yep. and that, that's how you lose football games. Turn the ball over, you right. lose football yep. games. You know, we'll do it. We'll, we'll get about that one. Oh, we'll it's college football. Just real quick, Justin, um, you work for the Colts. Uh, any other overall impressions of the Week One? I know Kansas. A lot of a lot of teams got beat that were supposed to be good. Uh, Cincinnati got beat with Burrow. Kansas City got beat because their receivers couldn't hold on to the football. Um, who was the other San Diego one? But what, yeah, the first, Cowboys is another big result in yeah, that that's one because yeah. they beat they beat a playoff, uh, not even just a playoff team, but a team that won a playoff game right. last year, forty to nothing. So yeah. your, your overall impressions, real quick. Yeah, we'll, real, we'll a lot of interesting results in Week One. Um, you know, before uh, Thursday and yesterday kicked off, um, the class of the NFL, a lot of people in a lot of people's minds was the Chiefs, Eagles, um, Bengals, Bills, 49ers. Cowboys, you know, some combination of those teams. And the 49ers and the Cowboys, you know, they made some big statement wins yesterday. Um, completely blew the Steelers and Giants out of the water. Um, and then you had teams, you know, like the Chiefs on Thursday, they looked, their offense was stagnant all night. 
Um, they're missing their two best players, Don Mahomes and Kelsey and Chris Jones. Um, you know, so but to see them lose at home, it's still, you know, and since I've seen them with Mahomes, that's a very rare thing to see. Um, so we'll see how they kind of move on from that. And then, um, like we we already said, the Eagles, um, they're one of the other teams in the class of the NFL, and we already mentioned them enough. But a lot of interesting results. Um, Jags, they were a team a lot of people had hoped for this year. AFC South favorite. Um, you know, they came out. They they didn't play their best, but um, they came out with a W. So. I'm gonna. I want to do my big week one takeaway. So my big week one takeaway is it's from none of those games. It's from one of the games that was kind of mentioned. It's the Bengals Browns game. So the Bengals Browns game. I know the AFC is loaded. I know there's a lot. I know Burrow. I know preseason. I know it was wet. Burrow looked horrible. I I I, I can't imagine he's gonna look horrible all year. I would imagine. I know last year they started off 0 and 2, and then I think they went like 14 and 2 leading up to the AFC conference championship game that they lost. But my takeaway from that game is nobody's. Nobody, and I said this yesterday, nobody's really wanted to talk about the Browns preseason because of who their quarterback is. Nobody really wants them to do well. But Deshaun Watson a couple years ago before this happened was had a a case for being a top-five quarterback in the NFL. If he gets back to that with the roster they have, with the defensive players they have, with some of the players they have on their offense that they have, I would say they have a chance to win the Super Bowl, no? Even even as good as the AFC is, why not? So that actually gives me an opportunity to transition – uh, with you guys uh, into um, predictions real quick. Uh, you got the Browns there. Uh, you told me like 35 minutes into the game. That, I was right. That, that the Browns were going to win that? the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then they end up beating the Bengals, who were very close to making the Super Bowl last year. They they destroyed Jack, them. you tend to overreact with everything. Okay, so good. Uh, Mark it, Justin, look, we have it written down. The ba- if the if the if the the Browns win the Super Bowl. Okay, I, I said it first. It. You heard it here first. The Browns might win the Super Bowl this year. I got you. Be prepared for him for uh, Deshaun Jackson Watson. shouting out God, who doesn't like him right now, Deshaun when Watson. he wins the um, what Deshaun did I say? Watson Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun, I can't believe I said that. When he I shouts can. out, when he wins the Super Bowl MVP trophy, okay, so no one's going to be happy got, with who, that. Right now, as we sit here on September 11th, who do you got? Super Bowl matchup and winner. Oh, Chiefs. I, uh, I'm going to go Chiefs-Cowboys. We'll go Chiefs. Chiefs-Cowboys, okay. You know what? Prescott wow. sucks. Cowboys I like oh, Prescott. Yeah, okay. I love Prescott, but I hate okay, Prescott. Okay, we got Chiefs-Cowboys I can't, I can't talk Jack. about my pick. You know what? I no, know. you can't. Cowboys... You know what? I'll go. I'll go Chiefs, Cowboys, and I'll pick the Chiefs. I'm not like I said for the next fifth till Mahomes retires. I'm picking the Chiefs every year. It's a smart pick. Oh, that's a you smart. You said Prescott stinks. Yeah, I said he, he stinks, but I really like him. But he stinks. But you still think they make the Super Bowl? Then? Well, that's my thing. I think like I watched Prescott play against Tampa Bay last year. He's one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. In the and playoffs. then yeah, we've the next round. That. Who they play the next round was it the Niners? Yeah, he got he sucked. Or was it the Eagles? I think they played the Niners the next he round. Sucked. They, they lost to the Eagles. So they played the Eagles the next round. He was horrendous. Turnover, turnover, turnover. So, so okay, I just got distracted there. Um, so, I'm just doing my directing job, Jack. Yeah, okay. Um, so, like I said, that's my take on Dak. He su- he's really good, but he sucks. So I don't. That's why I don't know if I'm confident taking them to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, but so you've got. I really the, like their team. You've got the Chiefs and the uh, and the Cowboys. All right, Justin, who do you got? I got the Bills, Niners. Bills I think, Niners. I think Josh Allen does it this year. I think he gets the Bills over the top. And uh, I think the Niners are really good. Um, I think Purdy is a perfect quarterback for a Shanahan system. Um, I think them and the Cowboys are the two best defenses in the league. But, I, you know, I think the Niners just best roster top to bottom in the NFL. And 
Shanahan's one of the best coaches and play callers out there, so I think they get there, and uh, I think it's Niners Bills. So you got Niners Bills. I like I like that matchup. By the way, I'm gonna I'll switch off a little bit. I'll go with Bills and the Eagles, even though everybody hates the Eagles right now. Um, but I got still have to have faith in Josh Allen last year. I know Jack's got a lot of faith in uh, Patrick Mahomes, but what I watch for that offense and those receiving that receiving core, even as Kelsey comes back fully healthy, I think they'll struggle a little bit. I like the Browns. What what I saw yesterday, not enough to win. Tua had a great game in Miami, so you never know with them. Um, the Raiders even won a game with G- with um, who's quarterback? Jimmy Garoppolo. G, right? So f- finally, that McDaniel's has his quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, and the NFC is, I think, it's wide open. Um, I think the Cowboys, I think, uh, and the Forty uh, ers are probably the class that of the thing. So you've, I've got the Bills and the e and the Eagles. You've got the Bills and the Cowboys. And you've got the Chiefs and the no, Bills, Bills and Niners. Niners and Cowboys Chiefs. Right? I don't think the I don't think the NFC is actually that wide open. I think there's three teams that can win the NFC. There's, a, there's like a eight teams who I would not be shocked if they won the AFC. True. True. Yes. There, AFC. there really is. So I would yeah. Dolphin, True. Every, I'll give Dol- you that. Dolphins. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the AFC. Just how Tua looks, but he'll get hurt. Bills, Jets, Bengals, Browns, Chiefs, Chargers. And well, then the, ne- the next tier would be the Chargers and like the Jags, but I'll go. I'll go six teams in the AFC. I could see winning the AFC. Okay, and that's being generous. Yeah, to the I'm giving you a six. Game, so they have to be surprise team. Ravens? Who could come out no, of nowhere? No, Ravens maybe. But uh, you're probably going to go Cleveland. Who could come out of nowhere? One team. One team that's going to shock Cleveland. One, yes. Okay, then Cleveland. Yeah. Justin, one team that come out of nowhere. I'm going to say the Ravens. Ravens, and yeah. I'm going to go with the Jags. I think that team. The coat, the right coach, and the right quarterback, um, and they look so totally after your up. the NFC's wide open comment. You didn't take an NFC team to because get I think there's the... like five teams in the NFC that can win, and that's it. There's nobody like Minnesota's not gonna, Minnesota's not going to surprise anybody. Right? Ba- Tampa Mayfield. Bay's not going to surprise anybody. They suck. You know, there's five. I think that you go eight deep. I take eight, eight or seven or eight in the AFC. I go with that. Um, real, on to college football. Um, my good friend Jack, give me give me your college football take of the weekend. Where um, no, I thought no, it was Nebraska, Colorado. You bitched about that all weekend. No, there's no. So my, what's my take? My take from that game is just I'm, I can't get. I'm so sick of Colorado and this this fake personal like everything's personal the with them. They, they, they have insults like oh you talk you talk down on my coach when nothing happened. They're just making stuff up to motivate themselves, and it's just it, it's a tired act at this point. It's only been two weeks, so I just can't wait till they get beat this year at some point, and 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 then when they get beat. I hope the team that beats them really talks down on them and trash talks them because they will whine like you won't believe if they get talked to like that after they lose. The way they've been talking to teams after they win, when they lose, no one will do it to them. But if somebody did do that to them, they will throw a temper tantrum, Dion and his kid there. With their schedule. All right, Justin, you're up. With their schedule, that loss, that's not... That's not that far away. Have you seen their schedule? Well, like like USC, Oregon's pretty good, right? Yeah, the Pac-12 is really good this year. And... uh, you know, they have three really good skill players and Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, and Dylan Edwards. But, you know, when you turn over a roster like that and you have all those new guys, I mean, you know, their offensive and defensive lines aren't, you know, a premier, at the pro, premier program level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, say, what if one of those three guys gets hurt? Um, they don't have anywhere near the depth that, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm giving them a lot of credit for the start to this year. You know, it's an impressive 2-0. and Yeah. Pretty good, you know, pretty strong out-of-conference schedule. But, um, you know, like, it's coming. And, you know, we'll see how they respond. How are they going to 
I was Dion. Yeah, and I, if I, you if you watch no. that game, they were lucky to not be down early in that game. I mean, the quarterback for Nebraska just kept giving them the ball back. They were going nowhere in the first half on that Nebraska defense. The Nebraska defense was on the field too much. Got tired. Got gassed. Also quit. I would I would assume they quit a little bit because our quarterback can't catch the ball out of a shotgun snap. So yeah, yeah I think what Trubake just makes a really good point there about depth. And the other game I want to talk about. Can we uh, one sec? One more thing about this about the depth. And he mentioned Hunter, who's playing like over a hundred snaps a game. That I know someone that a color that might that might be hard to keep up for a 14 right. 15 game season. Someone did make a good point that he's pretty fortunate to be training all week in high altitude. Oh, that's and that's point. helping, that's helping that him because you know the Colorado's where they train the Olympic athletes because it's high altitude and you train better, whatever. Blah blah blah. Kenyan, the Kenyan runners are the best in the world, they're training high altitude, aren't they? Yes, so him training high altitude. I just wanted to point that out. I, I heard that hey, it was Justin, Joe Clapp. Kenyan runners get brought like, up in the, in the conversation. That. Look, wait, that's a wow. that's a pretty good take by me. The Joe Clatt is that the guy? Yeah, he's the color guy. He made that point. I I really thought that was a good point he made. That that's really helping him right now. Training in Colorado, being in Colorado. Yeah, I I don't think his issue is going to be you know stamina, physical endurance. I know, but playing 110 snaps is tough thing to do. I think injury. His 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 issue is going to be he's going to get popped too many times. Yeah, you're wear down. One thing Nebraska was doing to him early in the game was when he was on defense, they were really trying to run into him. They were trying to get guys on him and, and make him get contact on defense too. So. So that's like one of the big stories. Uh, Colorado, with because they're promoting themselves so much and they're on TV everywhere, and Dion is Dion, and they are winning. And, so. Yeah, they're winning. Uh, the other big story this weekend was uh, Texas going into Alabama and just just rolling over the the Crimson Tide. Nick Saban lost his, this is his first non-conference loss in Alabama at home uh, uh, since he's been to Alabama, which is not so much shocking because he is running through a lot of players and everything else, but. Uh, Justin, take on Texas uh, and Sarkeesian, the alcoholic, drunk, bastard co- coach uh, in Texas. Good coach. Um, you know, there's absolutely no way that this take and prediction bites me in the ass because, you know, Texas has proven to be pretty Oh, he's reliable, going playoff. Pretty reliable, you know, in the <laughs> he's past. He's going playoff. But I think this is the year Texas gets over that hump. I, I don't think they drop take. a stupid game that they usually do. I think Sarkeesian gets the guys there. I think... Last year in the Big 12, I think they make the playoff. I think they're one, at least on paper for sure, they're one of the best four teams in college football. I think their line play is way better than it has been in the past. And Ewers can play. Their skill talent is up there with the best teams in the country. And I think they're legit. I think they're going to get I like that take because the Big 12 isn't as good as the Pac-12 this year either. So, so, uh, you know, they're last year in the Big 12 – Probably not a lot of – there's some competition, but not a lot. Um, and he's recruited and looked for offense and defense to get ready to go into the SEC. So I, I like that take. Jack, uh, you didn't seem to like that one. How, how was that Texas. for – How was that for a first hot That's take of the That's a good podcast. first hot take what, what didn't I like? Of the hot take of Texas. Oh, no, I, I don't mind that. I, here's a quite another – I like these hypotheticals that I'm coming up with. Just you both give me an answer here. So the obviously the winner of the SEC is going to make it. And the winner of the Big Ten is going to make it, obviously. So that's two teams. Say this won't happen, but say this does happen where USC goes undefeated, Texas goes undefeated, and Florida State goes undefeated. Who misses out? Texas, probably. Uh, no, but Texas beat Bama. That's a bigger at, win than LSU. You'd have to look at the It'd probably body. Be Florida State. You'd have to look at the bottom. I would say the ACC would miss out because, the, because Clemson's not that good. North Carolina was supposed to be good. 
If and that before State beat LSU, it depends. What, if, so what if, if USC LSU goes beats undefeated, If USC goes undefeated, I think this. If USC goes undefeated, they're in because they will have beaten the whole Pac-12, Notre Dame, and, and the like. If um, Texas gets undefeated, I, I don't know. Texas and Florida State would be an interesting matchup. They'd probably wish they were at six by then. Justin? No, that's At this point, that's a fun hypothetical. It could happen. And it's really hard to answer right at the this, this second, but all I know is yeah, it's it hard happen. to leave Texas out with that win with that win against Bama I mean I think you know even if Bama you know they're, they're not the normal Bama we're accustomed to even if they end out 10 and 2 you know it's still a really good top 10 program so that's a great win in Tuscaloosa too and then um, if they go undefeated that means they took care of business against a few ranked opponents in the Big 12 so it'd be really hard to leave them out too yeah meanwhile um, Florida took care of business against like BC yeah as we as we as we, Florida State as we go on Jack you had asked a question yesterday about Ohio State, Michigan, the winner of that goes, the winner of the Big Ten goes. I, I, see a, I see a path for both of them to make it. I don't see it. There might be one undefeated team. Georgia might go undefeated. I don't think any of those teams are going to go. I don't think they'll get through the whole season unscathed. I, I don't know um, about Florida State. Uh, yeah, because eh, you never know. They'll, they'll crap the bed against Just with how good their quarterback so, is. Yeah, well, it's hard I don't know about lose. that one. But Florida I would State's say that I don't think anybody's going to go undefeated except for maybe Georgia. And I don't even think Georgia's that good this year. Uh, so I, I agree. Any other? What what what, do you, what is your basis for that take? Because you watched a lot of Georgia football the past two weeks. You just said that. Yeah, because they I felt like saying yeah. it. Because yeah, okay. they turned over a lot of players. It's hard to win, and you got to be. And, and depth is important. That's why SEC is always good. So my take is very simple. Temple will not make a poll game. That's my take <laughs> for the day after that crap performance against against our good friends from Rutgers. That's great college football talk. Anything else you want to before we move on, Justin? College football. Uh, did you see Harvard it? starts this week, right? Harvard first game against St. Thomas, Minnesota. Ooh, tough match. Saturday, one o'clock. St. Thomas of Minnesota. St. Thomas of Minnesota. They're gonna have some big. They're the Thomasans. Gonna be some big linemen on that team. Yeah, gonna have to win the trenches. They, they, eat, they eat good food out there. Yeah. All right. Trying to think of anything else happening in college football. Um, Jim Harbaugh was. Oh my God, he's, he's another one. All about me. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. He, he he knew where the cameras were, 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 were when he was working the chains on on his eleven year old son's yeah. like pop yeah, they know. Or whatever. They it all is. Know that. He knew exactly. He probably brought the camera himself. Oh yeah. Okay, so we got to twitch over to a couple two more topics before we get on to our fun, and then we get to talk to Justin real quickly. Justin and I love saying real quickly. I told you this. You'll you'll see. You'll count that like six times. Uh, you wanted to give a quick shout out on the Ryder Cup because it's coming up at the end of the month. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you a few words. Uh, so obviously everyone knows, big Ricky Fowler fan. I just want to start with that. Really happy to see my boy Rick back on the team. Uh, he missed out on the last, I think, last two Ryder Cups. Um, you know, big team guy, um, played really well this year. Um, you know, he was 13th in the standing, so, you know, you can make a case that he didn't fully deserve it. Um, but the Ryder Cup qualifications are based on the last two years. But if you really look at this year alone um, with that big win in Detroit, Big uh, finish at the U.S. Open, a um, couple other top ten finishes. I think he really deserved it. Um, so I'm excited to see how him and the other guys compete um, in Rome. So excited. So because Rome is not until the 29th, uh, and I'll be back for my trip, and we'll probably we'll have a podcast before that. Jack and I will do a Ryder Cup. Uh, what's your take on who wins the Ryder Cup, U.S. or Europe? I think the U.S. does it. Um, I know it's been some time since they've won on European soil, um, but I think they get it done this year. I think. Um, there's been a lot of controversy around the team with some of the picks, um, you know, taking JT, leaving some of the other guys off like Glover and Keegan Bradley. Um, but, you know, I think they get it done. I think, you know, even 
the Brooks Kepka thing too. That was some a lot of controversy there. But you know, I think a lot of it's overblown in the media. I think a lot of the guys get along well. Um, you know, and I think they're gonna play well out there. I think they're gonna go into Rome and take it from the Europeans. Imagine if Justin Thomas didn't get picked to the Ryder Cup team and had to watch Texas come into Alabama that and beat awesome. them. Oh, that would have been terrible. Thomas. They uh, were all ribbing on him because they were in Rome yeah. scouting the course, and they were at dinner together, and I saw Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas were watching the game together, and it would be like, what, like 4 in the morning over there in Rome? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jack, we're gonna, we're, we'll get Ryder Cup when I get back. We'll yeah, no, we already talked that. about it a couple yeah, podcasts ago. But, yeah. And we'll see what we'll get. Uh, I'm leaning towards the Europeans, I think. Something, something huge happened over the weekend um, that we were privy to get to watch we're with Jack. Tennis, yeah. Now we're going to USO. But all of a sudden, Jack is a tennis fan because of this freak show out of Spain who's going to be the greatest player ever. Can broke. I just explain it? No, so, you can't explain it, so, so I'm done pontificating. Can, can I hop in before yeah, you say uh, it? Yeah, Justin, go. go. Whatever, yeah. I didn't realize on my first podcast, Jim, that you're gonna have John McEnroe into the studio sitting next to me. <laughs> like, wh- where all of a sudden did this come from? Johnny Mac. Okay, Jack, you got the floor. <laughs> okay, so the tennis thing—it's quite simple. So normally, I always the the Wimbledon somehow I feel like it always ends up when we're on vacation, New Jersey, the final, the Wimbledon yeah, final. Yeah, it does. So the past two years, I have watched Wimbledon final. The two years ago is that Nick Kyrgios guy, absolute maniac versus Djokovic. Djokovic just wore him down and. And he had, and Kyrgios kind of had a temper tantrum on the court. This year, it was this kid, Carlos Alcaraz, right? He is a 20 year old kid from Spain, and he was playing Djokovic in the Wimbledon final. He actually beat Djokovic, and it was a great tennis match, one of the best tennis matches I've seen. They were going back and forth, great stuff. And now I start kind of looking more into this Carlos Alcaraz kid, and, and people are saying he might be the best player ever. He might have the most talent ever. I've never seen. To, to quote a guy that was just talked about, John McEnroe, because I watched most of his matches in the U.S. Open, uh, John McEnroe, uh, during one of his matches, said, I don't think I've ever seen a 20-year-old this good. So I'm all in. I mean, we're legacy chasing. The next 15, 20 years, we're going for Grand Slam, Grand Slam, Grand Slam. It sucked. It sucked that we lost to Medvedev we. in the semifinals. Justin, oh, it's we. Who's, who's we, Justin? Who's Come we. on, tell me. Come on, who's it's we? we. It's we. 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 It's, my, it's my sports team. It's like rooting that's, for the Red Sox. It's we. That's, that's, that's yes, Carlos. French, by the so, way. So it sucked that he lost, and it sucked that we didn't get Djokovic versus Alcaraz again because I rooted for Djokovic when he went down two sets to, to nothing and maybe so like to round of 16 here because I wanted to see that matchup. So I, that's all. I checked this kid out. He's really fun to watch play. Hits these drop shots. His serve's not great. He's got to get a bit more mature with his with his mind and his game plan. But my God, are we going to have a fun 15 to 20 years at, with this guy? At what age did Federer and what age did Federer, Nadal, and uh, Djokovic you know, start picking up there? So, so, slam? so, um, I wasn't a tennis guy back then, so I don't really know. But I would, I would, I would imagine right around then. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, if Djokovic is thirty-six early. years old, he's won twenty-four Grand Slams. They all started so early. Those yeah. guys were those guys were pretty good early. Yeah. You so, know, the, the biggest story of that. I'm sorry, Justin. I'll let you finish. No, he, biggest story of that thing was Coco Golf, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about. Alcaraz and totally. Djokovic. No. Coco Golf was uh, the story of the U.S. Open. Okay, yeah, because she's American. Because she's American. Nineteen years old. Yeah, nineteen. Okay, Alcaraz is twenty. Yeah, just, Justin, I'll let you close. Oh, back US to back Open. wins over the okay, so-called goat. I'm going to mute his mic if he keeps yeah, talking. Right. You ask me about ten- you bring up tennis and then you get mad that I talk about tennis. No, no. no. Okay, we, well, oh, we're Justin, done talking about tennis. Justin, do we get mad that he talks about tennis or do we get mad that he just talks? Oh, I know. Uh, no, me, me and Jim have been making fun of Jack uh, over this tennis thing, and uh, it's well-deserved. But, um, you know, I've actually enjoyed watching some of the finals recently. I watched the Wimbledon. I watched the U.S. Open. And, uh, you know, it's what it's like when I got into golf about five years ago. It's like I just can't. I'm amazed at 
how good these guys are. Um, and the biggest thing for me is, you know, how like how good their physical endurance is, you know. Yeah, they can play five-hour matches. In, it's I mean. insane how much. That's true. It's it's crazy how in shape they are. And yeah, but a golfer walks like five miles. Oh, I didn't mean to compare it in that sense. All I'll say is I've watched tennis before, tennis matches before. I've never connected to a player, felt so – no no players made me feel so great about the game and so beautiful to watch as this Carlos Alcaraz guy. All That's right, it. So, That's we it. Got, so we got – He's beautiful to watch. We got That's the football, we go. soccer guy, Jack, and we got the tennis guy, Jack. Brilliant. Um, just, just, I, I, I got a few minutes before we, we go on to our seven wonders. Uh, you worked for the Colts for two years. Uh, you're now at Harvard in the recruiting office. What, Jeff? You know what? It's, can we call out Jay Trev? Because I just got called out. This is the kid who about a month ago told me that the Red Sox were in prime position to make the playoffs. That take really worked out well for him. Okay, Justin, They have a lot of pitching. Not, They're doing well. Justin, you're, He said are, that right before the Astros you, and Dodgers series. Are you a series. Illuminati? Uh, uh no, I'm yeah. not. Okay, I just think... check it. Kevin didn't know what Bluminati was. Do you yeah. know what a Darby is? I do. It's the same city rivalry. There you go. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey we Kevin didn't even know there. what that meant. Kevin went, oh, you know, like as, that a, shit. as a big Liverpool fan like myself, um, you Merseyside know, Derby. Liverpool Everton, that was, a, that was one of the biggest games of the year for me. So. Okay, so back to you. You got you, Jack. You got your chance to call him out about yeah, the, okay, the Red Yeah, okay. Abner Double Day over here. Can I explain a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> No, because we're not talking Red Sox today. I gotta get. I, I gotta. Wait, wanna, no, let him explain. What uh, are you talking because about? Because I like to. I want to get moving forward. Okay, yeah. Justin, give, I'll give you a one thirty seconds. To explain. Okay. What is this a debate? I yes. like the way the Red Sox were playing in the month of July. Um, you know, they they were hitting the ball well. You know, they were, they 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 uh, they had a few good winning streaks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to apologize for having faith in my baseball team. Oh, yeah, they, listen, listen, I agree with you. They, they were exciting in July, beating up all the shit teams. Well, they did beat Atlanta. Yeah, did. Atlanta. I don't even pick Atlanta. That was, that was a big win. That was yeah, a serious win. All right, so back to Justin, back to you. It was just a bad take. Real quick. Um, there's real quick. I can't say I do it all the time because I want to move, move, move mm-hmm. along. What? Uh, just give me give me one. Uh, you worked for the Colts for two years. You were in, equipment, in the equipment room. You were on the sidelines. Just give us um, one story about uh, being on the sideline during a game uh, that you can – that. Just to give our listeners a feel for what it was like, you were the you were the person in charge of the home balls or the away balls. What are the team indie balls? Yeah, it um, kind of sounds kind of funny, balls. But um, yeah, go from there. No, uh, so home and away games. Um, I was the ball boy. Um, whole games, I spent a half on each sideline. Home sideline first half, away sideline second half. And away games, I was on the away sideline the entire game. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, Sometimes got heckled by the opposing team's players, sometimes not. Kind of usually by the divisional rivals. Um, but my first experience ball boying was last preseason. Um, you know, first game, this first preseason game of the year was against the Bucks, and uh, I was on the away sideline. Um, and you know, their quarterback last year, as everyone around here knows, was Tom Brady. And uh, I get this tap on my shoulder um, midway through the third quarter. And I turn around, and it's Tom Brady. And um, everyone who knows me knows I was, you know, not as much anymore. Um, but I grew up one of the biggest Patriots fans. And uh, I couldn't believe my eyes when I, I look up and I see, you know, Tom Brady, um, you know, right behind me. So uh, get to talking a little bit. You know, he was just having some small talk. Um, he just wanted to come up to me because, you know, I was ho- as the ball boy, I was holding some footballs. And I think he was kind of busting my chops, probably. Um, but he wanted to feel the footballs. Um, that's a thing. You know, a few other quarterbacks did that as the season progressed. Um, you know, a lot of quarterbacks like their balls a certain way. Um, so Brady wanted to see how the Colts did theirs. 
We, oh. Oh. Yeah, we don't remember. Keep no, going. You go, you Jack, shut up. No, I, I, no let him go. Jokes, let him go. Go keep going. So, it's even funnier that it's the Colts, too. I, I know it, it is. Well, th- that's yeah, what makes story. the story better yeah. because, um, you know, going back to the Deflategate, um, you know, the Colts, the Colt, that happened in the Colts Patriots game. And rightfully so, the Colts, you know, equipment staff, um, shout out Frog, shout out T, um, miss you guys. Um, they called out. They reported Brady for using underinflated footballs, um, totally against the rules. And, uh, you know, Brady, he probably won't admit it to this day, but he clearly still holds that grudge. So, you know, he was like, he even told me, he was like, how's Frog doing? And he was like, tell Frog that, you know, we have some beef still, and uh, I want to resolve it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he was then he was like, I'm just kidding. But, you know, we were talking for a full minute. Um, he could tell from my accent I was from Boston, and he said, be careful. You're in enemy territory now out in Indianapolis. Um, so, you know, that was just a really cool experience. One of, one of my first games in the NFL, um, talking to a, a childhood idol. That's good Good to hear. And I, when we have you back, we can even, we'll can we go into more because I know you're down at Harvard in the recruiting office. Now you're recruiting smart people who are not like us uh, to play football who are not like us as well. So that's good because Brady actually leads us to what we're going to do on our seven wonders. Um, I, I can't ask J.T.R.F. some rapid-fire questions okay, about okay, go. this Colts experience. Go. So uh, a couple travel questions. Uh, best hotel you stayed in? Uh, I'd probably say the Dallas Hotel. All right, favorite city you traveled to? Vegas. And then, um, favorite stadium? Dallas. Dallas? Dallas. Um, You like that better than, like, Vegas? I was lucky last year. I was on a lot of, I was able to go on a lot of good road trips. Uh, Went to Dallas, went to Vegas, went to Minnesota. Honestly, Minnesota Stadium might have been the coolest. Um, but just something about Dallas, you know, I love that environment. It was a Sunday night football game. Um, you know, that was a really cool, really cool game. Um, even the Denver game, Mile High, that's a really cool stadium outside, grass field. Um, I like the, the Minnesota Stadium because of what happened to the Patriots there once. I have, yeah. I, I have a question for you. <laughs> yep. Favorite time Tommy and Lisa came to visit you? Uh, I'd probably say New Year's Eve in, uh, down in uh, East Rutherford. Um, when we played the Giants, um, just be, it being New Year's Eve and uh, you know them coming to a new city, they they had never been to that you know downtown area before, and them getting to a new stadium, uh, that was pretty cool. And one more for you, most generous player. Generous uh, to Forrest Buckner, uh, really genuine guy. Um, you know, w- one of the best guys in the locker room, um, and you know he's one of the best players on the team, and you know just a true professional. Goes about his business, you know, all the right ways. And uh, true captain, good leader. Jack, you got any more? I just have one more. It's kind of a joke one. But we, we've all, or most of us have seen the infamous videos of J. Trev kind of taking a few shots at the combine, getting hit kind of hard by some dudes when he was holding the pads. Did you ever, because you were on the sidelines, did you ever take any big shots on the sidelines? I didn't. You didn't? Um, I, you know, I just had that good field awareness, um, <laughs> you know. I was able to get it's out. Funny, Jay Trev getting like stretched out. Yeah, to get yeah. Out of the, you know, uh, the ball boy from New England is yeah. down on the field. <laughs> Honestly, my equipment buddies, my bosses, you know, they were pretty good about reminding me all the time. You know, like these guys are moving full speed, 100 miles an hour, and they're big, athletic guys, and they're not stopping for anything. So you know, just be alert, get out of the way when they're coming. And uh, I was kind of taught that early, so I was always a little paranoid about it during games, maybe too, too much, but. I was lucky to avoid any disaster like that. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Jack, for the good questions that we got to ask Mr. Trevisani here. 
Um, we're going to do the set of wonders of the uh, athletic world. We're going to go with all-time quarterback draft. Uh, Jack, we'll just go Justin, Jack, Jim. Yeah. And, and then just go through. So uh, you get a pick, make your pick. Let's go through, run around, and then we'll talk about our picks and see what happens. So if you want to if you want to explain something. We're going to give Justin the first pick. And, Jack, can we put odds on you who know gets I, picked? First? I went two last time, so you'll go two this time. Because okay. two is hard. I think two's a, a, two might be a hard pick. I, two's not a hard pick. You know what? Not for me. I'll take two then. I don't think it's that hard either because I think I know who we're we well, now we want All right, to just go. go. Jay Trev, go. Go. I'm going to go Brady. Yep. Thanks. Easy. We don't even need to hear. Yep. Yeah, do seven. You want an explanation? Or? No. I don't want to. The explanation hear. is because you <laughs> think he's the GOAT, right? Hold on. Sorry. What's his explanation? Uh, well, I, seven Super Bowls? The resume speaks <laughs> yeah. for itself. Um, okay. I'm not like one of the, these people who think like he's by far and away like, you know, the GOAT. But that makes sense. I, he just is. Um, Jack, you got two. Accomplished so much. We still don't really have criteria for this. Like if it's one game, if it's whose career is the best, blah, blah, blah. Number two, just this is a personal preference thing, and he's got less Super Bowls. But I, I Peyton Manning, I, I think he's, I think he's all pro set. Uh, and people say, oh, regular, who cares about the regular season? Regular season matters. I mean, that's how you get to the playoffs. I would have gone. That's how you too. judge a quarterback. I, I agree. With I think Manning was an, an all pro seven times, way more than anybody else. So that means he was the best quarterback in the league for seven seasons. I, I agree a hundred percent with Manning. That's who I would have gone with. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with my next two. I'm going to go with Joe Montana as, as number three mm-hmm. and John Elway as number four. Wow. Okay. Wow, you just made that hard for me. Yep. Oh, I make it hard for everybody. That's my job here. Uh, Montana, I'm not as – Montana was a winner. Montana lo- reminds me a lot of Brady. Uh, he, he was on good teams with a good coach who built his – who built the offense a lot around him late, and he won. But once he left, they won again with the ne- another player who could make the list. Elway went to a lot of Super Bowls and lost early, and once they got him a running game, he started to win. Great leader, great quarterback. Um, but uh, I, I go Montana, Elway. Jack, you got next pick. So I'm between two guys here. It's just, do I think J. Trev's going to take this other? Uh, I'm, I'm going to regret this pick, I think, but I'm going to take Dan Marino. Ooh. I think he has a case for being maybe the most armed talent of any quarterback ever, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, he never won, and that obviously should be held against them. But if I'm going out for one game, I want Dan Marino above a lot of quarterbacks. And, like, who would you rather have? Who's a better quarterback, Marino or Elway? Elway's got the Super Bowls, but was Marino maybe a little bit better of a quarterback than him? They were both the same style of quarterback. Marino probably had—they both had great arms. Um, Elway was a little more mobile than Marino. Marino went to Shula, went to Miami. This is way before you guys were born. And Don Shula changed the the complete way he coached. All of a sudden, he's got a guy throwing the ball— or four thousand yards. So that's a, I like Marino. I, I that's somebody I didn't even think about when I was going there. But I, that's that's a nice pick. I'm curious to see who your other pick was going to be after Justin. Justin, you get two picks. That was going to be my pick. So. I thought he was going to take. Um, you stole. I that. thought you were going to take Marino and Montana. No, I I was going. El- I was going. Oh, I always go Elway over. Marino. You do. Yeah, because he won. Okay, that's all, Justin. So uh, my next pick here is going to be. Might be a little controversial. I'm not sure where you two stand, but I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes. So that's who I was deciding between. I was deciding between Marino and Mahomes, and I said I was I was hoping, I thought there was more of a chance of you take Marino than Mahomes, and I was hoping I could get Mar- uh, Mahomes on the on the yeah. swing back. But yeah, I, I I think Mahomes might be ahead of Marino. I think I think I just recency have to draft bias, right there. recency you know, bias, recency bias. He won as many Super Bowls as Elway, buddy. I know so, that. I'm just saying. Okay, so oh, that's yeah. fine. I had him as a one. As, Yo, as, let you top out. tier no. go. Only player ever, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, you know, in his first, like, five years. 
um, yeah. six years. And uh, Been to three. AFC Championship every year. Yeah, yep. yeah, not bad. Yep. Okay, who we got next, uh, Justin? This this one's tough for me. Um, I don't really like – I'm not really a fan of him as Ooh. an individual. Wow. And, um, you know, I think that – Did he quarterback Green Bay? He did quarterback He's going with the modern guy. And uh, he's going to be quarterback in the New York Jets this year. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. I think there's I think there's a better Green Bay quarterback than him. I okay. not even close. Not oh, even easily. close. That's a horrible take. No, okay. it's not. I think there's, there's one quarterback. Take him. I'm going nowhere near that welfare ripoff fraud. Did you you want to talk about bad characters? He, he knows, talk about bad characters. We're not, this has nothing to do with character. I'm just saying. I don't, Brady's a fraud. Brady's Brady, interception Brady, machine. Brady left the uh, stadium Did yesterday. Say, Aaron Rodgers over. Uh, I would take Favre Brett, over Rodgers no all the time. freaking way. I would take Steve Eric there. Just to get the Tommy <laughs> Whatever. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go, go here. Um, Jay Trev should have picked him. Uh, legend of the team. Won a ring late in his career. Um, I wrote this down because I don't know a ton about him. Three MVPs in a time when running backs normally won it. I'm going to go with Johnny Unitas. Johnny U. There you go. Jack's going old school on us. I was between him and Rodgers. Yeah. Well, me and Jay Trev, great minds think alike. This is, this is good. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Okay, I got two picks. Nah, he's gonna pick Mahomes. I would have always, I would have taken Unitas over Rogers. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many did Unitas only win one or did he win two? Unitas. Technically, he won one. Three. And then did he win like he won championships before they were Super Bowl? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's other quarterbacks but, here that have NF, NF, whatever they're called, like NFL, whatever they're called. Right. Right. I'm gonna go. Um, one guy I think is one of the. He wasn't the greatest quarterback. Um, he wasn't the greatest passer that ever lived, but he he quarterbacked one of the great teams of all time. I'm going with Terry Bradshaw next because mm. I grew up with the Bradshaw thing, and I, I I really have a lot of respect for a guy who just did his job. I mean now now we know him on the uh, on the telecast and uh, all that fun stuff. But I'm going to go with him, and then uh, best TB to ever quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, who do I? Where's my number one there? Juju. I got to look at my list here. Everybody's now down my twos. I'm going to go controversially here. Uh, another guy who was a winner. I'm going to go with Troy Aikman next. I like it. I, I think like you it. just picked two system quarterbacks two, there, but you know what? Uh, hey, hey, what is so, so it's two Brady. Winners. Brady was a system quarterback too. Uh, Jack, you're number two. Okay, so again, this is you a pick know what, that Justin? I, Jackie is always number two. <laughs> I can't talk about except for when we do drafts. I'm always number one. Uh, I can't yeah. talk much about this. Not with me on here. Well, you got Tom Brady. If we put it to anybody, okay, go Jack. Who do you got? We we didn't have, we could have stopped the draft for the first pick. You would have won. Um, right. I'm gonna go with American Hero, uh, maybe an Admiral Roger Starbuck. I would. He was my so pick very good quarterback, but I don't know enough about his career in the NFL or anything to to really talk about. No, it. Starbuck came out. Uh, went to the Navy. Had served his five years. Came out with Landry and the so Cowboys. Five years, four or five years, whatever. These what years were, were it? Was it active war years? <laughs> the or late sixties in, in the Vietnam. So he served in I, Vietnam. I'm pretty, I don't think he went to Vietnam, but I think he had to serve. And then he came back in and had a really good five or six year stretch with the Cowboys. Then con- concussion issues really, he really hit his career. He was a, he was the it was between him and Aikman, him and Aikman for me with Aikman yeah. winning the two. I had to go his way. Okay, Justin. Uh, did Aikman win? Th- didn't Aikman win three? Three. You're right. I forgot. He did win three. Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you go next. You got, you got back-to-back. Uh, my next pick here is going to be Bart Starr. Um, little, I think I don't feel that great about this one. Yeah, it's really... A little bit of a reach. Starr um, is like um, um, Bradshaw. Starr yeah, won a five, lot. Five championships. Yeah, won a lot. Um, Pre-Super Bowl era. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, he was the on-field leader of those Green Bay Packers teams. You know, him and 
you know, Vince Lombardi yep. um, kind of dominating that early NFL era. Um, obviously, I wasn't around to, you know, witness him. Um, really haven't seen many clips of him, but um, I just think the resume that, you know, he established in that early NFL era right. um, puts him in the consideration at least. So I'm going to go Bart Starr there. Mm-hmm. And then my next pick's going to be Drew Brees. Um, little, having Brady Mahomes and Rodgers, you know, I'm not, I don't feel great about picking Breeze here. It, it seems like a lot of recency bias, but, um, you know, Breeze won that Super Bowl. Um, you know, just a, a really consistent performer every year of his career. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, has the statistics. Um, you know, not, he, he wasn't close to Brady or Manning, like, even though he played in the same time, same era, he was always the next tier below, but. Just the longevity of his career and what he did, I think Drew Brees. You know, real quick, Jack, before you go, Drew Brees changed the uh, fortunes of two franchises. You know, when he was released by San Diego, he was almost signed by Nick Saban in Miami, and Saban went with Cole Pepper, and uh, Brees ended up in New Orleans, and the rest is history. Jack, what do you got? Uh, I so JJ, if you have Brady, um, Mahomes, Rogers, Star, and Brees. So he, you might have the guy in like twenty years from now, the top four passers in like NFL history: Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, and Brees in terms of passing yards. Um, I'm going to go with another guy who. So our first two picks in the draft are Brady and Manning, and there's one guy who really did kind of compete with them for 15, 20 years. Oh no! So I think he's a better pick than than Brees. I'm taking Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. He beat Brady, beat Manning, won a couple Super Bowls in an era where both of them were playing. Won Super Bowls in an era where Drew Brees was playing. So I I really like Big Ben as that, you know, uh, just that, a winner in, in a time where it was tough to win with some tough so, quarterbacks. So my question is, you'll take the rapist over the guy who welfare fraud at Mississippi? Yeah, is that true? I was going to say not, you not love, my greatest you character love, pick. You, but you, you love No, those. don't say that. Yes, I will. I okay. won't say because it get me in trouble there. Yeah, uh, I gotta go with the Mississippi man, Brett Favre, uh, as my pick there. And then um, let's see, who are I gonna go with? I had I had it in my brain. Now my brain ain't working. And then I'm gonna go with somebody you guys had never seen play. His name is Fran Tarkenton. Wow. Fran Tarkenton. He came was, up my research. I didn't write him down. Fran Tarkenton was the um, Vikings. Was Vikings? Yep. And he led them to a lot of Super Bowls. And he ran all over the place. Played for the Giants first. But I'm going with Fran. Okay, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, you guys he, have one pick and then two picks and then one pick. He was really one of the first guys who was kind of like the one of the scrambling yeah. quarterbacks, yeah. right? Okay, Jack, you're. I pick. should take McNair for Tommy T, but he's not. That I have McNair on my <laughs> list. I was going to. I'm going to go, go with another guy who could run around, throw the ball, won a Super Bowl, had a real good receiver to I play with, took over from a legend. Yep. I'm going to go Steve Young. Yep. Yeah, Young's a great pick late. I like. You know, he what he did was tough. I mean, to come in and replace, right. just like what Rogers technically did, you know. So. The only issue I have with Young is he had the one year, and then um, he went to the USFL to start. But Young's a good pick. I, I'm not going to argue with that pick. Um, I think McNair would have been better. Justin, your last two picks. McNair. was a fir- great quarterback. Then, first, then he got shot by his girlfriend, who yeah. he was cheating on his wife with. He also played in a lot of run-heavy offenses. Yeah. Um, he caught, He probably— Pick him. Go. <laughs> I'm going to go Jim Kelly. Oh, yep. that's the one I was going to pick last. Good pick. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get to see him either, um, you know, but led his Bills teams to four consecutive Super Bowls. Um, that's pretty ins- impressive on its own. Um, had a pretty good career, statistically speaking. He was a good playoff performer. Didn't get it done in the big game. Um, but I think Jim Kelly, uh, pretty decent value there. And then my last one here, I'm between two guys, but uh, I'm going to go 
I'm going to go Warren Moon here. I got Moon on my list, too, yeah. Uh, won an MVP, nine-time Pro Bowler, uh, played on those original Oilers teams, um, started his career in Canada, um, so he didn't come into the NFL um, until a little later on, um, you know, but has some pretty impressive statistics and uh, always Good. played on some crappy Oilers teams, but elevated them somewhat, so... All right, Jack, guess what? You get your last pick. I really want to leave this guy to you just to see if you respect the logo on your shirt right now, but I'm going to take Kurt Warner. I have Warner on my list. Yeah, Kurt, you, I you almost have to, him you, got, you got to give him a pick with uh, his son is now the quarterback for Temple I right was, now. He was um, going to be picked last by me. but You, you know stole... what, Kurt Warner won a Super Bowl, wasn't another Super Bowl that they really probably should have won, didn't play, what are they, 10-point favorites, Patriots beat him. Um, you're just an all-around solid quarterback. Another thing is, 10 years later, he dragged that Arizona Cardinals team to the Super Bowl and if he didn't throw, I, this is not a good look, but if he didn't throw that goddamn stupid interception, they, he would have won a Super Bowl with, at the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about the Cardinals. Um, so, Against Big Ben. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go with the last pick. So I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left to pick from that I have on my list. And, ah, uh, shit. Let me think. This is not easy because one guy I don't like. Um, I'm going to go with Dan Fouts of the San Diego Chargers. Wow. He was a great quarterback late. Your dad will like that pick, by the way, Justin. Air Coriel. Yeah, Coriel. Uh, just to give a quick wrap-up of the picks, uh, Justin's got Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Starr, Breeze, Kelly, and Moon. I like that Kelly pick. Jack's got uh, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Johnny Unitas, Stallback, Big Ben, which I like that pick. Young, I like that one. I wonder where to take him. Uh, and I got Montana, Elway, Bradshaw, Aikman, Favre, Tarketing, and Fouts. Pretty, pretty, pretty good draft. So, uh, any who would you who would you who would you go on with, Justin? Anybody you had list on, left on your list? You. Um, my honorable mention was actually about to be Dan Fouts. Um, you know, Ken Anderson was one I had. Oh yeah, Cardinals. Um, I had a couple. I had Otto Graham. I have Otto Graham on mine. I had Sammy Ball. Oh, yeah, Sammy Ball. And then I had, and, and this doesn't, pass. I had to, I was, I never would pick this guy after what happened yesterday, but I had jo, um, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who are kind of a couple years away yeah. from being in this conversation. I and have, it's obviously probably a Super Bowl. Anybody else you have on your list? Eli. Eli, I have Eli. Eli was tough. I almost picked Eli before Fouts. I, but yeah. I, I, you know, we've had the discussion at home, so. Uh, Joe I, Flacco. Blackout, yeah. No. The other on my list, left on my list, I had uh, Winston, Jameis Winston. Yeah, he is on there too. Uh, Eli, I had Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Steve McNair, Jim Plunkett, who was left behind, Otto Graham, and then Josh Allen, just because I had to throw him on something and crap. But not a bad draft. Justin, any final words before we, before we call it a day? Uh, you know, just in terms of the all time quarterback debate, uh, one of the things I always found interesting was, you know, Nowadays, obviously, how the league's changed, uh, more passes are being thrown. The statistics looks better nowadays. So I think it kind of makes it hard to distinguish mm-hmm. between guys like Philip yes. Rivers and, you know, even Matt Stafford, who just won a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think he was close to consideration and um, versus some of the guys that we drafted who didn't have close to the statistics that those guys had. But, you know, obviously, you know, they won. They maybe won a little more or, you know, they were just – considered better better in Excellent. their specific areas. That's a great point, Justin. A-plus on the point. That good take. Jack, final take on our draft? In this yeah, show? like on his, like I picked Johnny Unites. Johnny Unites is probably the best quarterback of his generation, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. And, yeah. and he won, it said he won three MVPs in a, in a time when yeah. running backs. I was going to take year. Joe Namath. I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So listen, I, I'm kidding. It was a great draft. Justin, thanks a lot for joining us. A great show. I uh, really appreciate you coming in. We will have you back. 
Uh, we're going to get the, gra- the gang all together. Jack, you have to come in and put up with me because that's the way it goes. Um, but again, thanks, Justin, for coming in. Uh, any shout-outs? We'll shout-out Mom and Dad. Shout-out Mom and Dad. There you go. Um, shout-out Lady Gaga. It's her birthday today. Oh, Lady um, Gaga. Big 75. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back on. Thanks for having me. That's great. So, And, and uh, like I said, Justin Trevisani, our guest this week on uh, week, uh, this is episode five. Uh, the news is we're going to be off the air for two weeks. Um, I'm heading over to, over the pond, Scotland and Wales, to do some uh, traveling uh, with my wife and daughter. Jack will be home, so don't go rob my house, please. He will be there. Yeah, let's announce that to the whole world. Well, you're going to be there. Right. And then Don't sh- forget to lock the b- house. Before we leave, shout out Jim Mersey, just because it's always fun to shout I'm out sure Jim Mersey. Have right. a great trip, Jim. Now, thank you very much. So um, for um, it all boils down to this. I'm Jim Boyle, and we'll see you on down the road. Thanks for listening to this episode of It All Boils Down to This, recorded at WCTV Studios in our hometown of Wilmington, Massachusetts. We're always open to any ideas, critiques, topics, and guests. So if anyone out there in podcast world needs to get a hold of us, we can be reached via email at jboyle22 at comcast.net. Along with Jack Boyle, I'm Jim Boyle. Make sure to tune in to the next edition of It All Boils Down to This.